reconciliation, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island peoples today. Welcome to Totally Lit, the podcast celebrating reading, writing and creating literature. I'm your host Kai Garvey, thank you for listening. I'm very excited to share this episode with you. It's with my wonderful friend Michelle Upton. She is an absolute delight. After emigrating to Australia in 2006 from Birmingham, England, Michelle is now extremely proud to be an Australian citizen. She lives on the beautiful Redlands coast in Queensland and loves being close to the water. Michelle loves to write short stories and novels that examine our darkest fears but then shine a light on the hope and possibility for us all. Her novel, Terms of Inheritance, was shortlisted for the 2021 Banjo Prize and was published by HarperCollins Publishers Australia and is now out in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Hope you enjoy our chat. Michelle Upton, welcome to Totally Lit. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have you here. I've been lucky enough to meet you in person before, um, and you are absolutely delightful. I'm very excited (laughs) to um, hear about your book, Terms of Inheritance. Can you tell me a bit about it? Yeah, sure. So Terms of Inheritance is about a dying multimillionaire, Jackie Turner, who is considered to be the epitome of success in the business world. But when it comes to being a mother, she believes she could have done a better job. And so rather than letting her four adult daughters automatically inherit their vast fortune, she sets each of them one task that she believes will help them to become better versions of themselves. So we've got exhausted mother of three rows. She must write a children's picture book. Exercise hater Mel. She must run the Gold Coast Marathon. Isla, she's the eldest and the richest of the sisters, and she so she has to figure out who she is beyond her wealth and status. And commitment-phobic Jess has to stay in a relationship for longer than three months. But if any of them fail, then they all fail, and the entire inheritance goes to the Aussie Animal Rescue. Oh, okay. <laughs> How did you come up with that great idea? That sounds like an oh, amazing oh my story. So I've always been a runner and um, when my daughter was little, running, well, I've got, I've got two children, I've got um, my son and my daughter, but my daughter, when she was born, it was, I, I used to go running because it was time for me. So because of that, the longer I spent the running, the more time I had for me <laughs> and that built up and built up. Uh, and when she was 16 months old, I ended up running the Gold Coast Marathon. So I've been a runner. Before I wrote Terms of Inheritance, I wrote another book, and that took me six years, and it's what I call my apprenticeship novel, but that didn't get anywhere. So when I decided, right, okay, am I going to write another book? Because you kind of sit yourself down and ask that question, because after lots of rejections, you kind of, it's a big commitment to make. So I was like, yes, okay, I'm going to write something else, but I'm not one of these authors who has... 10,000 ideas and reams and reams of book with books with notes in and all these different ideas. I find it quite difficult. It's almost like when I have to come and think of something, it's almost like there's this just black void in my head, <laughs> you know, where all these ideas should be. Um, and so I was getting a bit fed up and I said to my husband, well, I'm going on a run and I'm not coming back until I've got an idea for a book. I'm not going to listen to any podcasts or music or anything. I'm just going to 
figure this out. So I went on a run and I started thinking, okay, so what shall I write about? And I was like, oh, well, they say write what you know. And you kind of start thinking, oh, well, what do I know about? And and at that point, I was thinking, well, I know about running because I've done the marathon. And at that point, I was running 10 kilometers three to four times a week because this was like eight years on from the marathon. And I started thinking about all the kind of the funny things I'd seen on my run and, you know, the wildlife encounters and how hard it is. It's always so hard to run. Even even when you run three or four times a week, you, you never kind of know if you're going to make it. It's always really difficult. And I was kind of thinking, well, I enjoy running, but imagine if you had to run a marathon and you didn't want to do it. And I was thinking, well, I wonder under what circumstance would that arise? And I was thinking, well, oh, imagine if you were given the task of running a marathon in order to get your inheritance, like, would you, would you do it? And then, and that was it. That, that was the spark of the, the idea. And then, so I started, I, I was thinking about it on my run. And then when I came back, I, I, I was kind of mapping it out. And then I was kind of going, oh, okay, well, what if she had a, some sisters and they were set different tasks? And, and that's where I kind of base the other sisters on my experience. So, you know, Rose, she's, she's a mom and she's trying to write a children's picture book. And, and then I write Isla, Isla's character. And she kind of goes on this stripping back of who she is beyond all the labels and, and that kind of thing. And her story kind of came from like my dad passed away and I was asking myself all these big questions. So I, I based her character on my experiences of that. And then I thought, oh, well, it's always fun to have some romance in it. So that's where Jess came in and I thought it would be fun to write her. And, and, and that's where we all came from. And then I was off and then I was off then. Mm. And that was 2019, about July 2019. And so I started writing my first draft. Uh, I, I, I used NaNoWriMo the, the month of November of that year and took it through, like I'm very much a plotter, so I plotted it all out and took it, took it through as far as I could. That got me to about 50,000 words. And then after that, in February, just before COVID hit, there was a competition to turn uh, um, like a screenplay competition. And, and I thought the, not, the, the idea that I had for terms of inheritance, I saw it so visually in my head on mm. the screen. And so I kind of entered this competition. It didn't, it didn't get anywhere, but one of the requirements was that it was to, you'd need to have like say six to eight episodes. And what that did was, was allow me to take that 50,000 words and kind of break it up in that format. And then, and, and by doing that, I was able to see, oh, I needed, you know, more of a cliffhanger here or to dial up this character here. And, and it gave me all these extra scenes and, and character development because I was thinking of it in that way. And then COVID hit and I didn't write for six months because, you know, <laughs> Like the rest of us, you're in a the state of shock. Just, <laughs> yes, you're just trying to deal with uh, life itself. And then I, I picked it up again in 2020, and all those things that I'd been picturing as a TV series, I then took it and start, and, and then went through that NaNoWriMo and got it to a terms of inheritance to 84,000 words. And that then led on 
the following year, <laughs> going into kind of how it got picked up and published, was that the Banjo Prize, which is set up by HarperCollins Australia, uh, they had their competition on, and that was in, I think it must have been the, the May, something like that. And so I, so I thought, right, I'll enter it into, into that competition. And part of the requirements of that was to have, um, you know, you kind of like write a synopsis, you have a query letter, all those kind of things. And I'd, I'd sent my book to some of my writer friends and that. So they'd kind of, you know, I'd had a, I knew there wasn't any plot holes. So I was kind of thinking, okay, you know, I could send this off. Did that, sent it off. And then, of course, I've got this query letter and synopsis. So I thought, right, now I can start putting it out there to literary agents and seeing if I get any feedback with that. So I was sending it all, all off to, off to them. Uh, and, and I remember it was coming up to September and I'd, I'd had a few rejections and I'd got one rejection and I, I remember taking it really hard. And, and you, you know, I've been writing for a long time and it's, you know, writing is full of rejections. But I remember this feeling really, oh, I, it really got me. I feel, and I was feeling really deflated. And I, I, I was out on a run and I was talking to my mama and I was saying how deflated I was feeling. And, and, and while I was speaking to her, I got this phone call and I, I said, oh, mama, I'll just take this and I'll come back to you. And I answered the phone and said, is that Michelle Upton? Yes, it's Michelle Upton. And I was kind of ready to say, Oh, thank you, but I'm I'm not interested. <laughs> I didn't recognise the <laughs> no number. No scammers, and please. Said, oh, that's right. <laughs> not today, thank you. Uh, and Roberta Ivers, and she said, "Oh, you entered the banjo prize, and I'm just calling to let you know that you've been shortlisted." <laughs> and I, oh my gosh, I I just couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it because I'd been. I was I was feeling so down and deflated for from from these rejections and I love terms of inheritance so much and but I was really feeling it and then just like that yeah and it wasn't just like that but in the in the, you know one second you're down and then the next minute I was like oh my god I've been shortlisted for the banjo prize you know with Harper Collins uh, and it was so exciting and then two weeks later I got the phone call again to say that they absolutely loved it and that they would love to publish it. Amazing. And, that's it. <laughs> you know? and it just goes to show don't ever give up because you don't know how far away you are uh, you, you know or how close you are to that yes so we're talking years of work years of persistence yeah. And, yeah. and not giving up um, but it sounds yeah. like you love what you're doing as well like you've got so much joy here oh. Um, <laughs> I do. I'm so doing it's worth really it. The work is worth it. Yeah. 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 Because there are moments when I'm writing. When, when you're writing, it, 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 there's moments when it's really hard and you're trying to hit, especially when you're writing uh, like, like a, a novel, because I write short stories as well. But when you're writing a novel, you know, you're looking at 90,000 words and when you get to that midpoint, <laughs> you know, about 40,000 words in, you, it's so hard. You know how far, how long it's taken you to get to 40,000 words. And, and then you know how far you've got to go. You know. But you've, you've just got to keep going. Hmm. 
there's so many rejections on the way, but uh, along the way, but you stick with it. But there are times when I'm writing, and it feels like you know, like Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that. You know, everyone talks about the muse showing up. There's times when the muse shows up, and you, and it's like the universe is saying, you are doing exactly what you should be doing. Mm. You are in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time. And, and you can, it, it's a feeling and it's so strong. And you just know it's like this contentment. And, and it's not always like that. No. <laughs> but there are those moments and you think, yeah. And, and, and it's like, I, I can't give that up. I, I, I just can't give that up. So I do love writing. Your first book that took you six years mm. what yeah. what yeah. inspired you to start that first novel what what was the moment where you okay. went, I, I'm gonna write so my dad when my, my my so my son now he's 15 when he was 10 months old my dad passed away uh, he died of cancer and he was sick for you know, a good 18 months before he passed away. It was a shock when he died. And it made me, you know, throughout your life, people always say to you, life is so short, you know, you don't know how much time you've got and all that. And you think, oh, yes, I understand that, make the most of it. You know, I'm kind of a get up and go person. I emigrated from Australia with my husband and uh, I when I wanted to be, I was a teacher before so you know I wanted to do that I've, I've kind of got the drive uh, if there's something I want to do I'll do it we, we moved to Australia but when he passed away he was only 59 and it made me realize that's too oh, young I'm sorry to hear that Michelle yeah it, 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 it is too young and he didn't want to go <laughs> you know but um it made me ask it's made me start asking the real big questions in life so why am I why are we here What's our purpose? There's got to be something more to this. And then that leads to the question, well, what is it that I really want to do with this one wild, wonderful life that I've been given? What is it I really want to do? If I could do anything. Um, because also I was on maternity leave with my son, so I had a bit more time. So I was thinking, if I could do anything, what is it that I would want to do? And writing, I, I thought, yeah, I, I want to write. And I don't know why I really thought that because it had never been on my radar before and so and so I thought about it for a bit as you do and then I got a text from a friend saying oh I'm setting up this writers group do you want to does anyone want to join it was kind of like just a message to everybody and all the friends mm. and I thought oh well if I want to be a writer I should probably join that and I thought oh but you know, I haven't actually written anything. So. <laughs> anyway, I went, I went and there was only three. There was just the three of us. Um, and I was thinking, well, I, I better get writing something. And so I started writing a couple of short stories. And there was a competition at the Redlands Library. And so I entered, and so I entered that. And, and it got shortlisted and published in an anthology. That was a bit of a shock, you know. And then, and then, of course, the next thought was, oh, I wonder if I could write a novel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that then led me to start the very first novel that I, you know, I ever attempted. Um, but I didn't know 
what I was writing. I didn't know the genre. I, I had no idea how to, to you know, I, I was a big reader, but I didn't know how to, where to start or anything. And, and it was a big, big mess. But I, but I ended up doing courses and we, you know, uh, reading all the, the books on how to write a novel and that kind of thing. So piece by piece, I started to kind of figure things out. And, but I've got to say what one of the, well, a few of the things that I did that really made a difference was to get a manuscript assessment. Mm. And, and, and they weren't cheap, couldn't afford to do it. I was like, okay, I'm just going to, just going to give it a go because it, it, it kind of gets to the point where, and this where, this is where it's really good if you can be part of a writer's group to join a writer's group because you can read all the books, you can do all the courses, but at some point you need feedback on your writing. Yeah. So I was able to, uh, I got that sent off and they would come back and say, you know, it's like 13 pages of what needs to change. So I did that, and then in your mind you think, well, I've spent this money, so now it's going to be great. And, and, and then I was like, but I just, but now it's a completely different book because I didn't know what I was writing first. I sent it off again, and I had three manuscript assessments, but I learned so much from each one of them. Mm. But at the end, when it, when it came to kind of putting it out there, I still didn't really know what genre it was in. It was kind of like a coming-of-age story, she was 16, but it kind of ends 10 years later and all this kind of stuff. But people who read it, you know, <laughs> liked it and all that kind of stuff. But it didn't get anywhere and it didn't get picked up. And so then it gets to a point where you go, okay, so so what's next? Am I going to carry on? Or but, but, but what I was able to do then was that that was over a period of six years, I was able to take everything that I'd learned and start afresh because I think sometimes when you're learning things as you go in, you kind of go, oh, oh, well, now I've got to try and mould this into that. And mm. it doesn't always work. You know, you've and, made and too what... much of a mess of it. You almost need to sometimes just start, to start again. What kept you going in terms of you, you had written, you'd spent six years on, on that novel but it wasn't working, what made you pick up again and go, okay, I'm going to try again? Oh, I think I just wanted it so bad. I wanted to mm. prove to myself that I could do it. And uh, the dream was to get traditionally published. Yep. That doesn't have to be the dream, but I did. Uh, that's what I was kind of going for. But you do have to sit down and kind of, you kind of have a little chat with yourself and kind of say, that these are hours and hours and hours that you're not spending with your family and help, you know, doing stuff around the house or, you know, it's a sacrifice all these hours that you do. But it's it's good because it's what I want to do. If it's bringing you joy and you want yeah. to do it, well, that's, that's, you know, that's easy, isn't it? And you can kind of, you know, if you say to everybody in your family, this is really important to me. I want to make time and space for this. And if everybody knows that, then they'll all get on the same page because, you know, I support the other people in my family when they want to do certain things that they enjoy and all the rest of it. But I did, I did, I, I did have to think about it. Do I want to go again? But I mean, the answer was always going to be yes. But you, you do ask yourself that because <laughs> it's a big commitment. 
it's so time consuming and yeah. the submitting not just the writing but then the work mm-hmm. afterwards once you've got to finish yeah this, there's yeah. a lot of admin <laughs> around yeah. submitting writing, um, writing query letters oh it's so hard trying to get your book down into that synopsis or compare you know the comparison titles and all that kind of stuff it is really difficult and you don't kind of know if you've got it right or not it it is really it is really difficult i went to i a write links meeting which is um i go to a critique group and one of the lovely ladies there did a critique but she also did a comparison text for me she said oh I think this is like this and I'm like bless you thank you because it's so hard (laughs) so hard to think of comparison it is really hard because I think you're trying to find something that's exactly like your book but that it's not it's not that is it it's kind of like I suppose you could say something like or you know in terms of inheritance it's got you know, I like to think of Jackie Turner as a glitzy Miranda Priestley from The Devil Wears Prada kind oh, of yes, that yeah, kind yeah. of character. So you could use that as a comparison mm. title. I can't remember if I did now, but I should have done if I <laughs> maybe that's why it didn't get you know <laughs> noticed earlier. But yeah, it, it, it's not it's not an easy task, that's for sure. And how are you finding now? Now that you're published and it's out on the shelves. And you've got all of the um, business activity around promoting the book. How are you finding bookshop events and and libraries and that sort of thing? I've got quite a few library events coming up. So I haven't started them because we've had that Christmas period because the novel came out like 1st of December. So I had a a couple of things going on just before Christmas. But now kind of everybody's getting back into the routine. So I've got I've got. I think five, five, yeah, about five events coming up in person in the next few months. So that's going to take off. So a lot of the stuff is, a lot of it has been kind of social media. I've got yeah. to say though, so many kind-hearted people out there who are reading my novel and and they're just saying the just loveliest things and taking photos of it and posting on there, and it's so heartwarming. It just makes my heart burst, and and then. You know, I can, I kind of like end up reposting that and, you know, to kind of say thank you to them because it's so lovely that they've taken the time. It really, it really means a lot. But I'm currently in the process of writing another book, a standalone book. So to be honest, the last few months have just been head down, writing mm. nonstop every single day. I'm just like looking up kind of every now and then going, okay, what's going on? I'll get on social media, rather, rather. Thank you, thank you, that's wonderful. And then it's like back to the grind of it. So it's been, it's been a strange process because everything's happening with terms of inheritance, but my head is in the next book and, and mm. what's happening with that. And you have all those feelings again about, can I do this? And, oh no, these characters doing this and all that. So you're right back at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I think I think they say the crawling the one of the cruelest things is to go from, you know, I'm I'm, I'm so blessed that I've had because because it's published with Harper Collins. I have all the editors working on my book, and um, it's poly as polished as it can be. And then the cruelty of going from that <laughs> to a first draft, a first draft. 
and you think, oh, oh no, oh no, this is good. <laughs> but it's the first draft, so it's okay, but you're not thinking in that headspace, you're thinking, oh no. <laughs> so I've got a few <laughs> quick fire questions that are just a bit about you to share with our listeners okay. to, to know you better. What was your favourite book growing up? Ah, when I grew up, in my house, there wasn't many books in my house at all, really. But I, but my nan bought me a few of the Enie Blyton books, so The Naughtiest Girl in School and The Magic Faraway Tree. Uh, and I remember reading those. And I had this illustrated encyclopedia, which I just thought was absolutely fascinating. Uh, and then... But it's interesting when you think about that and the technology that kids have today and all the things they see on YouTube. <laughs> and there's me opening my encyclopedia at nine years old, kind of going, oh, that's the inside of the earth if you cut it in half. <laughs> you know? They had all these beautiful illustrations and I really enjoyed spending so much time looking at that. And, also, and then I had this other book, of the illustrated book of poems. And it, and it was all these quirky pictures I, I just have really vivid memories of those but there wasn't a lot of other than that I didn't really have lots of books in my house but I did I did uh, because I was born in the UK so I went through the British education system so I ended up doing A levels and I ended up picking up I did um, English literature and English language for my A levels and then I did um, a degree in literature and psychology at uni and then I trying to be a teacher after that. So I'm not quite sure where this kind of book thing came from. But I remember finishing in university and being, oh, thank goodness, now I can read whatever I like. <laughs> 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 Just reading everything that was on the curriculum. And it's like, oh, now the whole world opens up. <laughs> so, yeah. so my next <laughs> question is, if you could be any book character, who would it be? I, last, I think it was last year, I read the book, um, The Midnight Library mm. by Matt Haig. And, um, <clears throat> there's a cat, the main character is Nora. And she's caught between life and death. And she ends up in this library, but all the books are, uh, when she opens the book, it takes her into her life if she'd made a different decision. Mm. And it's, the whole libraries, all the different choices that she could have made and how all, every possibility of, of her, how her life could have gone in every single direction. And mm. the book kind of goes on all these, oh, if only I hadn't made that decision, what would have happened? And then it's like, oh, well, maybe if I changed this and then that, that would happen. And she, kind of, and I just kind of think being her, which, not that I want to change anything, but it'd be, it'd be quite fun to kind of go, oh, I wonder if I hadn't have done that, where I'd be today yes. or whatever. Yeah. So I think I'd like to be her just for the fun of it. <laughs> it would be interesting to see where you would end up if you'd made different decisions. Um, I'm currently living a no regrets kind of mantra to be honest that's what I go because you know what everything is here to you know we're all students and everything is here to teach us a lesson or to direct us on a different path so there you know Mm. I think if you kind of try and keep an open mind and you know say oh well I might not do that again (laughs) <laughs> it's all for the good isn't it it's all for the good 
And are you reading anything right now? It sounds like you might be head down right. Yeah, Interesting because I can't really read anything um, contemporary at the moment because I am so in it. Uh, my head is just in my uh, next book. But I've just, uh, over Christmas, I was reading Tiny Uncertain Miracles by Michelle Johnson, and that was just a beautiful, mm. a beautiful book. That is contemporary. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that, that, that is contemporary, um, but it's got these kind of like magical elements to it. So I really enjoyed that. And then I reread The Alchemist. Uh, for the third time because I, I just enjoy it so much. And I'm actually currently reading uh, The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller and I'm really enjoying it, that as well. But I think I, I just, I, I can't read anything similar to the genre that I'm writing mm, in, which yeah. is really quite interesting because I've never noticed it before. But it's just that I'm just in this intense period. and But then when that's finished, I'll... Go back to, Get back to it. Reading, reading as much as I can. Yeah, because I like to listen to audio books as well. Mm. But I'm finding because I'm having such intense days of uh, in, intense days of writing, all I want to do on my walk is I, I don't want to have anything in my ears. I just need that space in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had to kind of I've been pulling back on that a little bit, which is Maybe. sad. <laughs> Okay, I get some interesting answers to this question. If you could invite five literary people to dinner, who would they be? I would invite Eckhart Tolle. He wrote A New Earth, so it's not fiction. He wrote A New Earth, but that book changed my life. So I definitely want him at the table. The last last year and the year before, I've just been I've been binge reading uh, Taylor Jenkins' read, so... The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Carrie Soto, Soto is back. All those. And I really enjoy them. So she can come along. <laughs> I would chat to her. And then uh, Paulo Kaleo, who wrote The Alchemist, he could come as well. Yep. And um, and then I just have to have, like, Marianne Keys mm. because she's just hilarious on social media if you follow her. So she'd be up for a good time. And Leanne Moriarty, yep. who obviously wrote Big Little Lies and Nine Perfect Strangers. But to be honest, I would I would want to go uh, dinner with anybody who is a writer or a reader because I know we just chat for hours and hours. <laughs> you know? it's, a, it's like when you have kids, you you meet someone in the park and they've got kids, you've automatically got something to talk about. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's the same with readers and writers. You can just go on for hours, so... It'd be, it'd be a bit... It, it would turn into a party where everyone's invited, I reckon. <laughs> Okay, and what advice would you give yourself if you could go back to the beginning of your writing journey? I think I would say just keep going, keep going, because that feeling that you've got inside, that saying you're on the right path, this is what you should be doing, was right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because you have that feeling of, oh gosh, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But then you you, you do doubt yourself because because of the sacrifice the sacrifices that are being made for that, and you don't know how it's going to turn out. Mm. Um, and and when you think about you know like Nora from the Midnight Library and all the the different choices, I can't. I, I would say to myself make sure you enter as many competitions as possible (laughs) because if I hadn't have hit the Banjo Prize, 
none of this would have happened. And it's it's really like people always say to you, it's about uh, it's it when you're putting your work out there, it really does kind of become a numbers game because it's about getting your book in front of the right person at the right time. Mm. So you just have to keep putting it out there, putting it out there, putting it out there. And Roberta Ivers, who's my publicist, her publisher, she absolutely loves the Turner women in terms of inheritance. <laughs> and she is just, she's chatting on, chatting to me on the phone and she's talking about it and she's like, rah, 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 rah. and, and I, I'm just left kind of floating on this bubble because her enthusiasm and passion for, for these characters. It's just like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just about finding the right, it is about, it, it is a numbers game. So, so for that reason, you, you, you've got to keep going because you don't know that, that next competition that you enter or say if you go to a writers, um, like we go to the Brisbane writers group at the, at the coffee club. You don't know who you're going to meet and what opportunities mm. are going to arise. And it could be that just someone says, oh, you know, there's, the, um, there's this competition happening or it might be someone who's connected to somebody else. So you've got to try and create these opportunities and put yourself out there as much as possible because, because your words matter and there is an audience out there. there no matter what you, no matter what you're writing, and what you've got to say, there is an audience for you out there. It's just a case. It's a numbers game of finding the right person. So while you're trying to do that, do read all the books, do all the courses, do whatever you can um, to, you know, make your writing as strong as, as you can. But but don't give up. Don't give up. When I was on the book launch, I was talking about the cartoon of the two miners and they're, they're both digging for diamonds and they're, they're, they're there's two tunnels in there and one turns back because he's come so far and hasn't got anywhere. But the diamond is like, it's just a couple of centimeters out mm. of reach. But the other one is still going, he's still going, you know, and he's going to, he's going to get there. So, so I would say to, to myself, keep going and keep entering competitions. <laughs> just keep putting yourself out there because, it, because you, you just don't know what's around the next corner. So is there anything you can share about your latest project or is it under wraps? It's kind of under wraps, but what I can say is Standalone, so it's a completely new new novel. It's a comedy drama, like Terms of Inheritances. It's set, on, set in the Redlands Coast, um, where part of the, because Terms of Inheritance is set on the Gold Coast and the Redlands Coast. Um, so it's set on the Redlands Coast again. And... It's a lot of fun. It's about coming out of your, being pushed out of your comfort zone. And, and when you do that, remarkable things happen. And it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to write. It's hard work. Yeah. You've got to get, yeah, you've got to get them words down. It's not easy to get them words down. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm, so I am excited about it. I can't wait. So, so watch this space. <laughs> Um, so where can we buy your books? Yeah, so pretty much everywhere, everywhere that sells books, you can buy it. So it's and, W. And what's Amazon, your website? Yeah, it's www.michelleupton.com. And if you go on there, I'm on. it will take you to links uh, to where you can buy the book and also my social media pages. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. <laughs> 
She's everywhere. I did it. I did. I did do it. Yeah. I haven't done a one of those for a while. It is. It is fun. You just got to find what suits you. It's quite time consuming, but it is a lot of fun. So I am on there as well. If you go to uh, michelleupton.com and then it will have all the upcoming events on there as well. So I'm going to be at Broad Beach Library on Wednesday the 15th of February, then Brisbane Square Library on the 3rd of March. And then I'll be in the in uh, Victoria Point Library in April and uh, Point Lookout on Stradbroke Island on the eighth of May. Oh, and sweet. then I'll also yeah, we're excited about that's going exciting. over there. Me and my husband we're gonna we're gonna go and have a fun day over there, so that that'll be good. Uh, and then um, I'll be at the Brisbane Writers Festival in May as well. So that's exciting. Okay. Not sure what I'm doing there yet, but I will be there. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Michelle. As always, it's Thank a pleasure. And I'm so Can I just say, share. before I go, I just want to say congratulations to you on your <laughs> children's picture book, Easy Peasy, learning to ride a skate for the first time and, you know, turning new challenges into triumphs. I'm all for that. <laughs> and I have Thank many you. fond memories of both skating when I was a kid just continuously at the leisure centre, ran around on a Saturday morning. It was the best thing ever. Yeah. And also teaching, which was a bit more difficult, teaching my daughter to ride a skate. <laughs> <laughs> but there were so many memories of it. So I'm, I was re- I'm really excited to see your book out into the world. It's a fantastic achievement. So well done. Congratulations you. to you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm still skating. I was there at the, the local skate rink on, on oh. Saturday. <laughs> Getting my boogie oh, onto the music. <laughs> I love it. You know what? I think, yeah, I'd like to think that I wouldn't break something if I got on roller skates, but the reality is, yeah, I'll probably end up breaking my wrist. <laughs> I'm too scared now. I'm too scared. This, my centre of balance is different, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just muscle memory. It just comes back. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is so much fun, though, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It really is. Although it's it's fun with sudden bursts of fear when you're trying to dodge somebody as they whiz past you. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! Well, everyone should go and get easy peasy for their kids because it looks a bit it's so much fun. I thought I was so good. I didn't mention it once. It's all about you. But thank you for sharing. No, no, no. We've got, we've got to celebrate it. We've got to celebrate it. Yeah, you can't you can't ignore these things. We're, yes. Everyone wants to celebrate it with you. So Thank it's you. it's a real achievement. But so well done, well done. It's wonderful. Writing stories for children can seem like a very simple task, but there is a skill involved in bringing memorable characters and their worlds to life. Anyone can write a picture book, but not everyone can write a picture book that becomes a child's favourite bedtime story. The best children's picture books fire up their imaginations, evoke emotion, and stay within their memories forever. Authors Online was created to provide aspiring authors the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to become a published children's book author. Our extensive industry knowledge will be shared with you and provide you with the basic principles behind writing for children, picture book publishing guidelines, and updates on the current market and publishing environment. And as a special offer for Totally Lit listeners, if you go to authorsonline.com.au, you can apply the discount code of LIT20, that's L-I-T-2-0, 
to access discount content at authorsonline.com.au. Totally Lit is an independent podcast. You can help support us to continue to chat with wonderful Australian creatives by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing our socials with your friends. You can also make a contribution at www.buymeacoffee.com backslash totally lit. This will help with equipment and podcasting fees. I love to interact with our listeners, so feel free to say hello either by email or social media. You can email me at totallylitpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn and Twitter and on TikTok. Um, I've also recently created a group on Facebook called Totally Lit Writing Community. It's growing day by day. It's a space to continue the conversation and share your writing successes, events, launches and latest projects. Jump into the group and say hello. Thank you for listening to Totally Lit and don't forget to go out to the world to read, write, create, ignite.